give yourself to the world and I promise you the world will give you something back that's really valuable. Wow. Like, you know, just jump jump into whatever it might be and just open your arms. Like, don't be guarded. And I know it's hard because, we, like I said, we've all been hurt and that sucks. I think we've all trusted somebody and gotten our heart broken. We've all, you know, went for something and didn't quite jump far enough. And that sucked. But on the other side, all that is just this like beautiful part of life. Welcome everyone to The Ultimate Shift. Join Ephraim Glick and leading figures in business and entertainment as they share their stories of regular people overcoming tremendous obstacles only to achieve happiness, success, and fulfillment. Are you ready to make the ultimate shift in your life? Welcome back to The Ultimate Shift. Today we have Matthew Romero. So Matthew, you're the founder of Affinity Nashville, which anyone in Nashville kind of gets to know now. You yeah. put these music events together. And yeah, so I've been curious because I've attended some of your events and I've really wanted to get to know who you are and your why behind this. And so can you tell, tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, what brought you to Nashville? Yeah, definitely. So I was born in Alabama, in like the deep south. Um, pretty boring there, you know. Part. Uh, uh, Decatur, Alabama. So oh, really? I, it, it's northern Alabama. Um, depends on who you talk to, but yeah, I can see yeah. the deep south. You know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was born and raised there. Uh, single family home. My mom raised me and my sister. The one thing that was always constant in my family, I think, was uh, music like my mom loves music she used to gig with bands all the time and leave me at home and I'd be like super mad she left me at home but I kind of get it now because of how I've grown up but yeah I was raised up in Decatur moved a lot obviously there's some financial strain because of my mom raising two kids by herself so that was a little tougher uh, all the kiddos serve from the way by the way for doing that but um, we moved around a lot which I think definitely had some inspiration. I mean, I'll touch on that later, but I think it did have a lot of inspiration into what I do now. I was like moving a lot and meeting new people. Um, after Decatur, we moved to Fairhope, Alabama, which is like a tiny little town in Alabama. Been there. Um, but it's by the beach. So that was beautiful. It was mm -hmm. like super cool experience for a year. I got settled. This was like ninth grade. And I was like, oh yeah, like cool place. I got some cool friends awesome like this is a great foundation for me to like do high school after my freshman year my mom was like hey we're moving to phoenix arizona and i was like you're joking right like i was like this has to be a joke because i was so mad that she moved us you know 500 miles down you know i'd, I'd kind of grown a good friend group in <laughs> northern alabama had to do it all over again so i moved to phoenix how old were you then uh 14 so i was okay. at, it was right after freshman year of college <laughs> so i get to phoenix it's the middle of june and I step off the plane and I'm like, my mom literally moved this to hell. Like, I, like <laughs> I like still laugh at it because I remember stepping off the plane and when we got out, not stepping off because I couldn't feel it yet. I looked outside and I was like, it looks hot. Like, I don't know how hot, but it looks really hot. <laughs> Desert. And, um, so I, I get off, like, and then we get outside to where we're getting picked up. And I was like, oh my God, I hate you. Like, I was like, I literally hate you. <laughs> and, um, like I said, music was always a big thing. So my mom was always playing, like there was always a guitar on. So in turn, she was always telling me like, you should play a guitar, you should do something. 
And I was kind of like that kid. If you told me to do something, I wouldn't do it type thing. Right. So I was always like, I'm not thinking of guitar. There's no way I'm not going to touch it. Um, I always appreciated music, but I never like wanted to actually do it. And uh, after my sophomore year, uh, like I said, there was just like a ton of stuff going on in my life. I think any 16-year-old boy, there's a ton of stuff going on in your head at that time. Um, also, my, you know, like home life wasn't always like perfect, I wouldn't say. So there's always a little bit of emotional strain there. I mean, my mom, God bless her, like, like I said, had to like raise the two kids alone. But, you know, sometimes that weight kind of got to her and I think she faulted in some areas, which totally don't blame her for, like I said, I mean, but it was hard for me. And I think I got to the point where I felt like I needed like a little something, you know, like an outlet or something to, so like one day I did, I like picked up a guitar, like without her telling me, I remember I snuck it, like she wasn't paying attention, like she was in a room and I like started playing. And that's when I think I made like a really big connection to music. It like, it kind of just bridged the gap because my mom always took me to concerts and they were so cool. Like I remember, I remember my first concert uh, was uh, Derek Trucks and Santana, which are like amazing guitarists, like it's just insane. And so I'm like looking around at these people and I was like at first enjoying the cotton candy and all that crap that comes with it at the concerts. Like that's all I care about. And I got to, you get to look around and it's like these people are just so entranced and like so in love with this music. And that moment has stuck with me for my entire life. And it all like kind of came together at that moment when I picked up the guitar. It was just like an accumulation of this life experience of hardship and, you know, growing up, trying to figure out who you are, what you were born with, which is like this always music being present. And so it all kind of just like molded together, like in this cool way. And so I go off to college, like, and I just start playing guitar. I think college when you have like all this time alone, right? Mm -hmm. So like, I'm really struggling then like dealing with, you know, who I am. Like my mom was always in and out of relationships kind of, which is a little tough for me. So I didn't know like necessarily like what a healthy relationship looked like. So I'm like trying to connect with people, trying to like maybe start relationships with girls. And I didn't really know how to do it. And honestly, I felt like super lost. And so I kind of went to the music for that. And it just became this huge outlet for me. And it was really cool to, I started writing songs and they were like really broke. In high school, I played a little bit and I started playing for my friends a little bit. But in high school, I actually entered like, it's, or in college, I actually entered a talent show um, at NAU, Northern Arizona University. And so I like really started playing for people. And I, I saw that people like kind of reciprocated that. And it, it just like really got me on board with music and what music has to offer. My school had business degrees, music theory degrees, but they didn't have like a music business degree, which is kind of what I wanted to go into the realm of. And then I was like, crap, well, what can I do? And I was like, well, I'll pick the easiest major, <laughs> pick communication, um, communications. Uh, it was super easy. I breezed through college because like my degree wasn't, super hard i mean it's a lot of like ideology um and a lot of people skills it's not necessarily like you know i never had to study hard or anything i'm not like ragging on people that might be in communication that area it's, it's right. cool but it's just not hard or it wasn't for me it wasn't challenging and so i got that degree um, i was dating a girl at the time and i'd always thought about nashville because i lived in decatur nashville was uh, i think it's two hours at most Right. Um, yeah, because when I drive home, it's like two hours of traffic. So I've been here before. I love it. It's kind of like where I'm from, but it, in my opinion, takes apart the 
the pieces that I don't like about home. Uh, like we still have the big city aspect, which right. is really cool. But then you drop 20 minutes away, right? And you're, you, you're hunting or whatever, yeah. you're fishing, whatever. <laughs> right. And it's all camo and pickup truck stuff, yep. which is like what my home is. Um, but yeah, I, I, that girl actually sang as well. And so she's like, yeah, I like wanted to move to Nashville. And when I met her, I was like, this is perfect. So we moved to Nashville right after college. Uh, we got here and got a spot right on Music Row. And I'm like, okay, this is it. Like, this is really cool. So at this point, you're wanting to pursue music full time. Yeah, I'm like, I want to do like music. That's why I'm into like music business. Yeah. I, I've, I've always loved to perform like my own music and stuff. But my biggest passion, I think, would be like sharing good music. So it doesn't matter okay. if it's mine. As long as I have music that can move people. Because I think music speaks in a way that people can't. Right. Um, always. And um, so I get here, I'm like, yeah, like I'm gonna do it. And I get a nine to five, it sucks. I'm like, I'm not doing this. So I go back into like the bartending life, which is, I still do it on the weekends. Like it's just an extra little bump mm-hmm. in your pay grade. So, I mean, it's nice. And uh, unfortunately I basically let that lifestyle completely ruin all of my ambition, even my relationship. Uh, me and my girlfriend did, or ex-girlfriend at the time didn't end up working out. Cause I get into this like endless cycle of, Oh, I got to stay up till 3 AM. And there's all these, you know, attractive people around like temptation, temptation, temptation. So I'm staying up till three. Oh my God. I have to be up at 10 to go open the bar back up. Well, what am I going to do? Drugs. Like I'm going to go do, you know, I'll do some, you know, cocaine or Adderall or whatever will keep me up. Right. And so I'm this 22 year old kid that is just, I mean, hell on wheels. Like, just, you know, drugs, alcohol, girls, all this stuff. Like, I just split with my girlfriend. What the hell am I doing? Right. And so I'm like, just this momentum that I came into the city with has turned into like a downward spiral with like just this much, I would say, fuel. And it, and, and it got like kind of scary for me because I, I really didn't have a direction. And my parents are across or my mom's across the world or across the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sister also lives there across country. So I'm like, who, I don't really have anybody. And, and then you get into this like self blame thing. You're like, Oh my gosh, I did this to myself. I wasn't ready to do this. And like, you're freaking out. And, um, it took me a while, but I, I finally stopped. I was able to stop for a second and breathe. So how do you do that? Cause I hear that story so many, I've had so many people on this show, even that told me whether it was on the show or privately, uh, not everyone's as transparent as you've been. And they've been like, you know, we got here pursuing music and then everything was down here on Sparrow. It was just yeah. kind of same thing, the bar, bar deal. What, what did you do to, to stop and take a breath? Yeah, I, I, th- I think that's a really good question. I, I will say this first and, first and foremost, I think it's always important. You hear this phrase all the time, like who you surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, as those people, um, when I was here, cause I still had good friends, you know, and they kind of stuck by my side and it was just this like repeat. I have this really good friend, Nina Marshall. Um, she does photography for affinity. Um, but okay. just always reminding you of like what you're worth. Um, cause I think society now is so much in my opinion, what it looks like instead of like what it is, you know what I mean? Like yeah. we have influencers, we have all this stupid stuff, not influencers aren't stupid, but there's just a culture now that can be a little superficial as as long as you make everything look okay, it's okay. Then you're okay. That's yeah. not reality. Yeah. And I think I've lived a lot of my life like that. Like if I was always told like I was good at this, this, and this, 
and I'm, and I get here and I'm just realize I'm terrible at so many things. And so you have to like, I, you have to just like dive into it, which is kind of what I did. I stopped deflecting all of it kind of because like it just starts growing on your shoulders. That's what I felt like. And they just like, as it grows on your shoulders, it starts pushing you down into the earth. And like, that's when you just get in that dark place. Yeah. And I, I think I, I remember I just like sat in my bathroom one night and I just cried for like two hours and that was like my low. I, I just sat there and I was like, what the heck? Um, and let me like go back a little bit. This was like two months into starting Affinity. So I had already started Affinity. Um, like I said, with very good Francisco Carter who we've had on here, uh, amazing guy. And like, so just to backtrack up, you were in Nashville how long before you started Affinity? Uh, yeah, I'm like jumbling up time frames, but uh, like roughly a year. a year. Okay. Like nine months. Okay. So. So you started Affinity with Cisco? Yeah, started Affinity with Cisco. So that relationship I ended here in Nashville, I'm like, you know, spiraling, doing all this crazy stuff. And I still have these ideas and these ambitions, but like not necessarily thinking I'm like worthy of them, I guess you can say. So I started Affinity and I've still got that drive. But I think once I, I, we had our first two shows and it was like great, you know, like everything went super good. And it was after that when I really started to get bad because like I'm still bartending on the side and then I have this extra load. Now I'm doing like a lot of stuff. Affinity, obviously we come into venues and these venues are usually fun and like upbeat and it's the same thing. It's this fun vibe of our models for the love of music. It's always about the music, but there is like, it's fun. You're gonna have fun. You're gonna maybe have a couple of drinks with your friends. Um, and so I was just, I think what I needed was what I got when I took that one second and I just like stop and I like breathe. But I just felt so overwhelmed with all this stuff and I needed that moment to breathe and I finally took it. And um, that's kind of when it all clicked, I think. And I realized like, hey, you started this thing. Like, so you are worth something. Like you you do have something behind you. And it's like you say in your show all the time, like where you started this to like find that out to help people find their why and through other people who have found theirs, I think, uh, I hope I said that correctly. Yeah. Um, but as of watching the show, that's what I feel like. And it's super cool. And I think I realized like my why is just sharing music and helping people feel like there's something because there was a lot of times in my life where I didn't feel like I was something when like maybe my mom was off running off with a guy or my mom was like in her room drinking and like, I never felt like I was enough ever. And so you take that moment and you sit there and you breathe and you look around and you realize that the only thing that's ever been in your way really is you, which was crazy to me. And I think that's why I sat in my bathroom and cried for so long. Cause I'm like, out of all people that you've pointed your finger at in your life, it's just always been you. Like it's always been you. that has been stopping you from getting this point. Like I'm the one that chose to do all those negative things, you know, to that, were not pushing me in the right direction. Like when I got here, you know, you can blame it on mommy, you can blame it on daddy, but the truth is everybody has experienced pain in their life. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure you have, and I'm sure the person next door has, and it's and pain is not, you can't compare pain. And then you go through your life experiences. You have to take those experiences. And the only option is to get better or get worse. Yeah. Um, and I think I realized that in a moment. And I mean, Ever since then, once you find that drive of why, like you're like, I, I really just want to share beautiful music with people, mm-hmm. and I and I'm worth something because of that, and not just because of that. But that's like cool that I want to do that. 
and waking up every day, looks in the mirror. And one of the coolest things like through my reads and people that I follow and inspire me is uh, this guy, he was like, the only person that you need to be worried about beating is yourself, you know, because like going back and reflecting on what I said earlier, like we're getting this endless competition of who can get the most likes, you know, on Instagram, who gets the most right. views on TikTok. There's always somebody with more. And there's always somebody with more. There's always going to be an artist out there that might, you know, to somebody sing better than I do, or they might play guitar better than I do, but that's not what it's about. It's, it's about, can I wake up today and can I do things a little better than I did them yesterday? And the beautiful part about that is, is a lot of the days it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's, yeah. oh, who it like, what's that famous quote about Michael Jordan? It's like, I've missed like a million shots. I've, you know, missed right. 26 game winning field goals, you know, all that stuff. And great people become great people, I think, because they realize that they have to be bad at some moments, you know? And in those moments that like we're really bad at, or those moments where we're trying to take down the person we were yesterday and that's not always obtainable. Like yeah. <laughs> it's not because you know, there's going to be terrible days. Right. And the, the things that people are dealing with, like you're dealing with or I'm dealing with, they're never going to go away. They're always, they're going to always going to be there, but you're going to learn better ways to deal with them. And I think ultimately that's, what's holding anybody back. I mean, that's what was kind of holding me back, I think. And th- those things still do pull on me, but it's learning how to pull back. It's learning how to like get up and get up with a good mindset and be like, I'm going to be okay. Like I'm going to be all right. <laughs> Cause I, there has been so many times in my life where I did not trust myself to get back up. And that sucks when you don't trust yourself to get back up or trust yourself to fight back. If you can get in that mindset, like it's all up there, like in your head. I, I really do believe that. I think that there's a guy down on the street right now, some homeless guy that could be a millionaire in a few years if he really set his mind to it. But yeah, the world has a really tricky way of uh, kind of telling you that maybe sometimes you can't, but you always can. Yeah. I really believe that. I love it. Dude, that's that's some powerful stuff. I think, I think one of the biggest things you said is like, you know, so many people get sidetracked by, like you said, again, the social media aspect of things and how do you get better and how do you get out of that stuff? The first step to that is what you did is recognize, like, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say it quite like that, where like, the reason I'm here is 100% because of me, because most people can't, they don't want to acknowledge that it, it hurts too much, if you will. Yeah. So, so you, you, it's easier just to point and say, well, yeah, this may be my fault, but but you literally took all the responsibility on your own. That's where, that's where change starts. That's where, yeah. Uh, and for our, our listeners, like the, the thing that you do, you know, some of our, our listeners may not understand uh, without knowing fully or having attended affinity is you basically, this is what's really cool about you. You said you struggled with your self-worth and yeah. essentially what you're doing with affinity is you're providing a platform, bringing new artists on and showing them their worth. I think that's the coolest thing that you could possibly be doing. If you know, for someone who who maybe struggle with their self worth, you're providing a platform for everyone else to realize how valuable they are, and that's a that's a huge thing. Like I can't even begin to imagine as much work as it is for this show to have to release one show with one person a week. How many people you go through to fill that stage on on a night? Yeah, yeah. like I mean, 
So that's that's got to be a powerful drive in you. That's that's pushing that that thing. Oh yeah, it's super cool. It's just it's just so beautiful to even be a part of it. Like you said, I mean, I may not have done too well at diving into like what exactly affinity is, but yeah, we. I mean, uh, we started and or uh, me and Cisco, we started and it was just amazing from the get go. Like it, it really showed me the potential in it and watching people play and then watching the faces of the people in the audience it reminds me of that first concert i went to and it's just super cool and as you get better at it you get like more inspired by it i think um like we started on like three four bite stages that cisco and i had to haul into the ainsworth which is the <laughs> first venue that like i remember i was there. yeah so this like for everybody anybody listening we it all starts from the ground and I think it's hard for people to remember that sometimes. I was talking with my friend the other day and it's really hard to, Nashville's an amazing reminder of that, that everyone starts from somewhere because you have a celebrity to your right, be celebrity to your left on any given weekend or like even weeknight in Nashville. And a lot of people here do know people that have made it. And I, it's pretty common if you ask me like to know somebody that's, you know, it's a small town. It is. And it's, it's cool. It's beautiful. I love that. But it reminds you like, holy crap. Like, you know, whoever you might know, like Sam Hunt is a human. Like, yeah. And then you like start talking to that human and you're like, they started from nothing, you know? I mean, they started at the same spot, but I mean, for me, like my story of that is we started with these stages at this venue that wasn't even a music venue. Like we just had to convince someone to let us, like <laughs> let us in here and let us have an event. And I promise we won't burn your roof off, like burn the place to the ground. So cool. And uh, so we, we got in and, you know, you put these like little bitty stages up and like they have these little pegs in it. We have like wires running everywhere. I mean, we still have pictures that uh, our photographer took and I look at that stage and I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> but yeah, like, it's like you said, now it's, like the f- the fuel just grows, like because it used to be once a month we did a show at Ainsworth. We did that for like eight months, and then you kind of have like a product that you can like show off, kind of not like show off, but just kind of it's a proven result instead of just some idea. Yeah, and I'm sure you you know how that goes. Yeah, you're past the idea stage now. You're actually in, the, and it's so much the easier. Visual, like just it's working. Know, like yeah. for you, like I mean. I don't know, like the roofing company. Like, if you have a roof put on a commercial yeah. building, you can show to another client one, yeah. that roof. And so we get into it, and like, you know, analog starts uh, messaging. We start messaging with the analog and like all these other amazing venues. And now it's to the point of like, you know, we have twice a month at Live Oak, a great venue on the Mumbrand. And we have once a month at Tin Roof, which is like the Nashville local spot, which mm-hmm. is like, so it's just cool because you, you slowly start to step over or step up on to like stones that you just didn't think you you necessarily yeah. could get to and but with that affirmation that you give yourself like I said every day when you wake up like I can do this like I can do this I just need to be better than I was yesterday that's the only thing I need to focus on mm-hmm. I mean and it's simple things like when I go to the gym like I even catch myself because we just live in a like kind of shallow world, like catching yourself, like looking at the guy next to me, like, oh, he's lifting 10 pounds heavier than I am. Like, right. that doesn't matter. Yeah. That, like I said, everyone starts somewhere and yeah. that really doesn't matter. What matters is, is am I exercising better than I did yesterday? And that exercise method goes into everything like mental exercises and 
you know, personal growth exercises. It's just, but so yeah. Is that how you, how you keep yourself grounded? I mean, cause everyone struggles with that, with, with the whole, you know, you get on, I struggle with social media uh, to the point where I, I don't get on social media much anymore. I have a time limit of five minutes a day, which sometimes I have to do more than that, especially if we're promoting yeah. a show or a person, because then I get messages and things. Mm-hmm. And, but I find my life is much more peaceful, less stress, or uh, especially over, you know, 2020 when you had a lot of political things and, and every time oh, you get yeah. on, you just feel anxious. And so yeah. I just put it out. So how do you how do you deal with that? Is it is it when you whether you see someone that you think well maybe they're ahead of me or because there's always that person. I don't care if you own a jet. There's someone that has a bigger jet. Yep. There's a Donald Trump <laughs> of the world who has a freaking yeah. seven forty seven or whatever he has. Yeah. And so is is that how you keep yourself grounded? Just reminding yourself, hey, all I got to do is be better than yesterday. Uh, yeah, I think so, and I think a lot of it comes. And those, those little reminders throughout the day of, yeah, I just need to be better than I was yesterday. And then a lot of it comes from what I t- touched on earlier, like not finding excuses. I feel like it's really easy in, in like this world to find excuses. It always has been, um, I think, to, to but maybe. Is that, is that how you grew up or is that just something that you learned? Did you always like... Oh no! Look inside. No, like that. I almost was the opposite growing up. Like I said, my mom always told me like, "Oh, you're perfect," like all this stuff, which obviously isn't true. And I almost got to the point where I believed it. I remember I had this girl that I talked to in high school, and she was like, "Have you noticed that every time I ask you how you're doing, you say good?" That's all I would say, and I never noticed. <laughs> I never noticed because I had gone in this real, this self-made utopia of life's great. I'm perfect. Like nothing's wrong, and I'm good. And then, like, it's just like a snowball effect. You dive into that paint. You're like, holy shit. Like, I have so many things that I can, I'm not great at. Like, I have so many insecurities. And so, yeah, like, I really dived into it then. But I think reading is important, too. Like, I, you hear self-help books, uh, books with good messages. Like, I'm a big Grisham, John Grisham fan. Really? Yeah, I love John Grisham. I mean, they're sappy. I cry sometimes. <laughs> it's so pathetic. I'm like in my room crying reading a John Grisham book. Oh, my girlfriend makes fun of me. But like, I, I just like, I like good stories, good vibes. I think it's important to always surround yourself with that positivity. Like I said, you got to read, read, read because there's always, like, there's always knowledge to be had. And I, I think it's really important to expose yourself to that stuff because it helps you open up in these ways. Like, uh, and it helps you like you ask me how I stay humble like that's how I stay humble none of, that, none of these ideas are my ideas and yeah. there's no success there's no success formula I really believe that there's a hard work formula and there's a determination factor and you know there's that why factor and you really have to identify that but that's what that's what keeps me humble in a big way and I think one of the books that I was reading it's um, it's like how to win friends and influence people yeah, it's great I'm sure yeah. you've read it I mean I think every person in business has read it. Uh, I'm I'm a little late to the party, so I like I just read it like eight six six months ago. Oh really? And it's like don't complain, you know. Like that's one of the biggest things that's really helped me stay humble is because you can't complain or like blame stuff on anything. You yeah. realize like holy crap, my entire day is based on how I decide or determine it is. Like a big one for me is work. When I go in bartending on the weekends, you know. I obviously have this business and I want to be this businessman 
And there was a part of me that felt like a shame that I had to go do another job because I have so many friends that are in my age that I graduated with that aren't doing, they're not bartending anymore. And not, I'm not necessarily saying that's a bad career. I know some bartenders who make more than half of my business friends, right. you know, and it's just not where I would like to keep myself. And there's nothing wrong with people who want to keep themselves there. But in a way I was like, felt like that was like something that I should be ashamed of almost that I'm running this business affinity and on the side I'm bartending and I'd go to work and I'm like, Oh, screw this. Like work sucks. Like, Oh my God, this table's so shitty. Like you need fucking ketchup. Like, you know, like how about you go get your own goddamn ketchup? And so like there's, it's little things like that throughout the day and little parts of your day that you can really use to keep yourself humble in the way of it's up to, it's up to me, you know, to decide if my day's bad or not. And it's my fault that a lot of my days in the past 24 years of my life have been bad. Like it's my fault. And I don't know, that's really cool and powerful to me um, that you can wake up and not every day is going to be a good day, but can every day lead to a good day? I think is the important yeah. thing, you know, because I mean, if you wake up and your dog dies, that's not going to be a good day. You know? Right. Right. But it's, it's being able to pick apart how that can maybe turn tomorrow or a year from now into something really meaningful. Yeah. And that's like maybe got to spend 14 years with Fido and like those memories or something that changed you as a person, you know? Okay, man. Well, and I think the, the coolest thing about what you said is like when you look internally and you're like, okay, well this and this and this needs to change in me, then all of a sudden now you have all the tools and the equipment to change that because you're not blaming it on someone else. So therefore that other person doesn't have to do X, Y, and Z before you can start exactly. changing. So you have con complete control of your life, whether you make it good or bad. Exactly. Like so if, if you had to go back and tell that 14 year old Matthew with everything you know now, what would you tell him? <laughs> oh, I would just look at him and be like, it's gonna be okay. <laughs> like that's all I would say. It's gonna be okay. I think the biggest thing is to just always settle down and breathe. Like it's really hard to do sometimes. And that's with, a busy schedule for everybody and there's always something to keep you occupied mm -hmm. it's crazy like how many things there are in our like at the touch of our hand to keep us occupied our mind off of what's going on inside of you and i would just tell that kid i'd be like hey man you know put everything down and just analyze who you are and analyze where you want to be and i promise you can get there as long as you stay true to that and don't feed into these worldly lies of like you're worth, you know, how many pretty girls you kiss or, you know, you're worth how right. many friends you have. Cause that's bullshit. Like it's yeah. such bullshit. It's just, it's crazy to look back and see the things that I valued then. And I think that's a good telltale sign of where you're at in life. I, you know, it's looking around and saying, what do I value? Like what to me is important? Yeah. And if those answers kind of leave you with a sour taste in your mouth, cause I, back then, if I look at what I valued back then, it, it was, at least it kind of sour taste them off. I'm like, why did I care about who could take the longest bong rip? <laughs> like, why is that something that made me feel like I was worth something? You know? Yeah. But yeah, that's, I think that's what I'd say. Yeah. So where do you think that Matthew Lamar and me will be? I just butchered that. Um, <laughs> where do you think you'll be in, in 20 years? What's your vision with Affinity? What's your 
Oh, that's, that's crazy to think about. And it's something I do think about all the time and then my head just goes eight different directions. But I think ultimately I want it to be something that is countrywide and maybe even worldwide. So we always focus on keeping things like super high energy. I mean, you've been to the shows. Yeah. Like we keep DJs in between the sets. Like I just want there to be music and energy and just like yeah. friends hanging Which out. Which you do great at, by the way. Thank it's you. It's always you. very, very hyped event. Yeah, I love. I, I just love it, man. I, I love to keep the energy high. But um, we started it with like, I'm not trying to sell an event anymore. Like I'm trying to sell an experience. Mm. And so uh, the biggest thing that I started pitching when we started was affinity family. Like I just started saying that. I don't even know when I started saying yeah. it, like in my delusional head, but I was like, oh yeah, like you guys are a part of the affinity family. Like I say that at every show. I'm pretty sure when I'm up on stage, like thanks for being a part of the affinity family. Mm-hmm. It's not even necessarily a thing. You don't have to like sign up on our website for it or anything, but I just, right. it's something that I've kind of quoted and I, I want it to feel like a concert in a safe environment. And I want it to be something that if you stripped out like everything. So if I took it and I ripped out the bar and I ripped out everything, it was just that stage and maybe a grass field. I would want it to be just as fun. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I, I want it to be like that wherever we go. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I want it to be a moving thing. So right now we move within Nashville. So I, we will do like Affinity at Live Oak. We've done Affinity at Dogwood, Affinity at Analog, Affinity at L27 Rooftop, all that stuff. And um, I wanted to eventually, I want to have like a station like in all the music hubs. So maybe like an Affinity Nashville, and then you have your Affinity New York, and then you have your Affinity LA. Nice. And maybe have like something cool and like there's all these like underground music cities that like started with like this huge music culture and maybe they died out like Aust- like uh, Austin in mm-hmm. Texas is a great place um, like Affinity Austin yeah uh, kind of has a cool ring to it um, but yeah I think that's the big picture and in, in, in 20 years from now if if it goes as planned and if I stay on course which I, I'm confident I will I, I'd like to for people to be saying Affinity like all over the U.S. Nice. I think you will with, with your mindset. Um, when, I mean, you've been, you, I I would say at an early age, I mean, you, you're talking about some of the stuff I'm 35 that I didn't learn until I was 30, 32. I don't know how old you are. You can't be more than 22, 23. 24. Are you? Yeah. So I was close. Sorry to look old. Uh, so, (laughs) So dude, I mean, you, you're, you're talking about the stuff that took me 30 years to figure out and why do you think it is that so many people will stay stuck in, in, I don't care what type of life it is. Maybe it's drugs, maybe it's alcohol. It can be a million different things. It can be any kind of thing, but they, they're too scared to, uh, be, to get vulnerable and to face, yeah. to face that, that wall or whatever's in front of What do you think keeps people stuck there? Why, why is it that people fear vulnerability? Oh gosh, that's a great question. I, I think that one thing that I'm so grateful for, and I always tell people this, and my me and my mom laugh about it now. Um, it's like my mom says she taught me like everything like not to do as a parent, kind of like jokingly. She was great. Like the, there's a lot of stuff that I'm so thankful that she was around for. But obviously, like I said, in that single family home, it's a little hard sometimes. And um, I think it goes with like your childhood experience. Um, like a lot of people have. A, you know, maybe a little bit more of a sheltered life growing up where maybe that's not practice. Um, and that's one thing, like I said, my mom was always 
pretty upfront about is like, you know, her where what she wears her emotions on her sleeve. Um, and it's hard to do that for some people. And I, I think when you grow up in a family where that's not really done, um, it's hard to come out of that because obviously your how you're raised is, is very important. I think very, it's an intrinsic value on who you become in your life. Um, I mean, it's just foot start. Um, but besides that, I just think that it's not really a welcome thing anymore. Uh, sadly. But, I, but why do you think that is? Is it because we've just easy. changed so much as a culture? Yeah. Yeah. And it's easier. It's so much easier. Mm. Maybe right then, but it won't make your life easier. Oh, no. And that's what I, and that's, and that's exactly where I was, uh, a year and a few months ago. Like, it's crazy. I'm not sitting here as someone who's been doing this for a long time, like at all. I'm just learning every single day, which, which, which foot to put in front of me first. Um, but that's where I was at like a year and a few months ago. Um, I mean, it's just so much easier to brush all this shit under the rug, right? It's like we do, it, I mean, it, go, it boils down to the things we do like at our house when we're cleaning. Like it's easier to kick that ice cube under the refrigerator, right, than pick it up. Right. Because I mean, then it's gone. You forget yeah. about it, it melts down there. Yeah. Sure, it might make a dirtier mess for later, but who cares because you don't have to right. deal with it right now. It's, and, it's, it's all about the instant gratification. Yeah, and I think that people, one thing I found myself saying a lot was, oh, future Matt can deal with that. I would literally say that to myself. Like, I'd be like, future Matt can deal with that. Like, I don't need to deal with that right now. But the fact of the matter is, yeah, you do. Like, you like you don't know. You really don't know. Like, I, I this could be my last few moments on this earth. And it's, it's easier to just let it all just slide under the rug. It is, and that sucks because it's encouraged almost now. It's like we were talking about earlier. Like, you said you'd only do five minutes. I do the same thing with my phone. I mean... <laughs> My girlfriend hears this, she's like, no, you don't. <laughs> but there are some there's days. There's exceptions. There's there. some days, yeah, because, I mean, you do have to, you know, market on all that stuff. So there's yeah. some days when I'm on it a lot, like days before events, you know, whatever. Right. But there's so much shit in your face. There's so much advertisement, like consumers, I'm like, buy this makeup, buy, you know, join our gym. You know, like, and there's so much in your face that it almost, like, makes, it just makes it easier to not talk about yourself and not talk about how you're doing but it's so important. If I if I had never had that girl tell me that in high school, I don't know if I'd ever realize it. And I, I I think that's another big thing is having people around you that care about you and love you enough to like ask you if you're doing okay and ask you, you know, is there anything that you're struggling with? Because a lot of people don't have that. So I guess maybe um, if you're listening right now or you're hearing this, maybe be that person for someone or you know ask for that from people because there's there's somebody that loves you enough, you know. But you know, it's 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 hard to be that person that asks, like, "Hey, are you okay?" Like, that's an uncomfortable conversation sometimes. It's hard, but it's like you said, it's it's easier to not. But that makes it harder in the in the, in the in the future tense. It's harder to now. That makes it easier in the future tense. You know, yeah. it's like reverse, but it's just better like and, and but it sucks. I mean, I think that's why it's so almost frowned upon to like tell people how you're actually feeling it. It's more about what it looks like. Yeah. And it's a lot less about what it is. And that sucks. Do you, do you ever think or wish that maybe like in the time before your, your ex told you that, that if they were like, well, how are you doing? You say good. That they would have just been like, no, how are you really doing? Like, have you ever had people do that to you? It catches yeah. you off guard. It does. Yeah. But, it, those, but those are, 
But it's so funny because I've had people do that to me. No, how you really don't. It catches you off guard and makes you uncomfortable. But in that moment, there's no one you'll trust more because you know that that person just exactly. cares. Yeah, exactly. I think that's such a good point. Is if somebody's asking, then there's a 99.9% chance they're asking because they care. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I was talking to Cisco about this, actually. Um, when you get in this, to this city, and it's so small, but so big. I mean, I'll have friends come and visit. They're like, you know everyone. And I'm like, no, like everyone knows everyone. Like, I'm not yeah. special. Like, <laughs> I promise you, like, all of, it's just a big network. Like, everybody knows everybody here. It's a very genuine city for the yeah, most part. And it is, but it's sometimes scary because you start to you know all these people. And I forget to ask, like, I'll have friends that, you know, I really care about, but I'll be busy and I'll see them at one of my events or I'll see them out. And it, I forget to ask them that question. Like, yeah. you get to that. How you doing? Good, 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 good to see you, man. All right, I'll, I'll see you later. I'll, see, I'll catch you at the bar. Yeah. And then you never see them for the rest of the night and you kind of like forget. Cause you get busy and yeah. you start to know all these people, but it's, it's important to check in on your people. I and mean, you're, and you're running an event, you're already thinking what you've got to do, yeah. who do you have to bring up on stage next and all these things. But it's all, yeah, but it's almost equally as important. It's just this underlying value that's going to pay off in the future tense. It's, yeah. I mean, I have really good friends here and I think all I did to get those friends was reciprocate what they showed me. Like I have these, I have friends that have been coming to my events since I'm like moved, since I started it. Yeah. And they come because they enjoy it. They do. I, I, I believe that unless they're really good actors, yeah. but they seem like they enjoy it. And I love that. But I know at the bottom of their heart, they're coming to support me. And that just makes me feel like a million dollars. Like absolutely. I, I tell people all the time, if I didn't have to pay bills, I would do affinity for free. I really would. I, and I wish I could now, you know, I wish I could, you know, not, you know, have to write a contract with a venue. I really do. But, and that just shows how much value is in that. Mm -hmm. Like those people that are there that were the people that asked me, how are you really doing? And those relationships like, like were made so strong that those people are still around hanging out with me. And, and then, it, then you just like, yeah, you feel crappy sometimes when you forget to ask them, you know, how are you yeah. doing? And they're like, really? How are you doing? <laughs> but that's that's human nature. I, I, it's funny you said that because I realized uh, a week ago or so, I guess it was a week or so ago now, um, the National Palace, my buddy Chase Irwin put this event up of National Palace, mm -hmm. uh, which was a songwriter's night. Oh, know, that was turn, a crazy turnout. Were you there? I was not there, but I wish it was. It was, it was, it was the best. I, I mean, I haven't, I haven't had that much fun since covid uh, started just. Oh, you were there. Yeah, just. Oh well, Chase, Chase is actually a, a business partner of mine in another company. And I don't know. I've never met him personally, but I've heard he's he great events. I will introduce you. He's he's a this dude is is I just a lot of admiration, respect for him. Talk about you know he's another Cisco Carter. Knows everyone, treats everyone. Everyone loves him, treats everyone uh, well. There's one thing I'm learning about Cisco. Just a Cisco plug in this is Cisco has a gift of of. You know, finding people with a passion for something and getting behind them and helping them. Yes. And he does it selflessly. He does it completely yeah. selflessly with nothing in return. You know, kudos Cisco, man. He's just he's one of the, the best people here. And and Chase Irwin's a lot of the same. He'll he'll do, you know, mm -hmm. he's just one of the great I'll introduce you guys anyway. But yeah, that'd be um, awesome. um there's uh shoot, I was gonna ask you about something else and then we uh 
cut off track of that. So we're talking about awesome people. And just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all right. Um, well, I, I'm not going to keep you all day, but I've got a few more questions. If and you may know what they are, some people do, some don't. But um, if you could ask any one question, any one person, one question, alive or dead, who would it be and what would the question be? I'd probably have to talk to the person who made hot chicken for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I ask him, how did you think of this? It's so good. <laughs> well, you and I can disagree on that. I don't, I'm not a hot chicken. You don't chicken. like it? Absolutely not. Oh, I actually, I went vegetarian, so I haven't eaten it in like nine months, <laughs> but it's all I like. Either that or Chick-fil-A, man. Really? Like, I obsess over like some good fried chicken. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, so how, uh, you went vegetarian, do, do, how, how is it? Do you feel better? Do you, do, have, have you noticed anything? <sighs> yeah, I think so. I think, I, I listened to Joe Rogan's podcast, ironically. Um, yeah, he's who so, doesn't love Joe Rogan? Oh uh, yeah. Joe if you Rogan. love Joe Rogan, who are you? Yeah, exactly. uh, I mean, if you don't love Joe Rogan, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> but... And he talks a lot on there about biodiversity. So like everybody's body responds differently to different diets, but mine took it very well. Um, I mean, my biggest concern was like, I was going to be able to gain weight. Like I was going to get weak in the gym and all this stuff. And no, that's actually quite the opposite happened. Like, really? Yeah. I'm freaking fatter than I've <laughs> No, because you get to eat all day and I love that, you yeah. know, because it's, you're, the calories aren't as much. But if you eat right, you can't get as much protein and all that. Oh, there's a lot of meat substitutes now that are just like awesome. Like the Impossible Burger, what the heck? It tastes like a real burger. Sometimes it tastes better than a real burger. And it's just so good. Higher protein content than a regular burger. ML um, Rose has one. Has an, oh, has, has, ML Rose's is amazing. Shout out ML Rose. Yeah, I, I, it's so good. I tried one over in, um, Oh gosh, West Nashville somewhere. Me and my friend Bailey went over the one day. I tried one. It was great. Tried one at ML Rose. It's phenomenal. Like you said, I'm not a, a vegetarian, but I can I can chow down on an impossible burger. Dude, it's it's it was it's not as hard as I thought it was gonna be, honestly. And so far it's been great. For some people it might might not work. I mean, I had a friend, Garrett, who tried it. And I don't know if it's like the fact that he just couldn't stand with being without meat or if he just well his body wasn't responding well but he he, he couldn't do it and that's fine wow. i think everybody argues way too much over diets and stuff yeah. it's like i think you find what works for your body just go for it and go for it if yeah. you're you know if you're eating freaking 18 cows a day and you know you, you got a healthy heart and, <laughs> you might be short of cows after yeah. a while yeah but um, yeah i mean it's been great for me uh, some nice. people might work out for you <laughs> cool well if uh if you were given the world stage for five minutes, um, the entire world's watching this, and what do you think the world needs to hear? Well, what would you say? I think, I mean, I hate to be redundant, but I, I just think a lot of what we talked about today. I mean, I think there's teenagers growing up right now that have more insecurities and battle depression at way higher rates than I ever had to experience when I was growing up. And that's crazy. That's like 10 year gap. You know, I'm yeah. a millennial. I'm not that old. So it's, the fact that there's 14 year olds like my I have a niece that's 12 and I'm like petrified for her to get a phone my sister's so scared to give her a phone because it's like you just get thrown into all this bull crap and there's kids who commit suicide now over dislikes of or you yeah, know if you know, people say they don't comments. like something yeah. They, they, yeah it's terrible like what the heck and that sucks and I don't I, yeah I think it would be something along the lines of 
give yourself to the world and I promise you the world will give you something back that's really valuable. Wow. Like, you know, just jump jump into whatever it might be and just open your arms. Like, don't be guarded. And I know it's hard because, we, like I said, we've all been hurt and that sucks. I think we've all trusted somebody and gotten our heart broken. We've all, you know, went for something and didn't quite jump far enough. And that sucked. But on the other side, all that is just this like beautiful part of life. Um, my, I had a coworker named Jen and she called it the real life. Like that was her motto. And she was my big counselor for me when I was dealing with all my crap. And the real life is when you, you know, you're honest with yourself about everything that you're going through and all the shit that you're bad at and all the shit that you're good at. And I, I would just encourage everyone to live in that life, like the, the real life of what's actually going on and like what you actually need to do to improve and just giving yourself fully to whatever you feel that you should do because there's going to be all these lies and distractions that you shouldn't do it and then you should get a nine to five and then you should go to college if you don't want to go to college don't go to college yeah i mean but make sure your time is used wisely if you're not going to be in college um but yeah i'm fine i love it i love it okay last question um last one if you could spend a day with anyone who would it be again a lot we're dead these are questions that usually take a little more time than I get, but what's yours? I'm sure you thought of yours. Maybe I can think of mine when you told me yours. I mean, that's uh, man. There's there's different people, but there's one of my biggest biggest inspirations business wise is um, people either love him, love this guy or hate him. I love him because he's completely transparent and tells the truth. Uh, Grant Cardone. Who is he? Grant Cardone. He's a big real estate guy. Now. Okay. Uh, he's, I mean, you're talking about, a, he, he's built an empire of multiple companies. Um, but he's just, yeah, he, you know, he, he's just kind of has this model that success is your duty. It's your, it's up to you. No one else oh, is yeah. going to do it for you. And, and yeah, and he's a bit cocky sometimes, but I, I, I would love to get behind the mindset of a guy who, who flies around in his own Gulfstream 550, you know, $60 million jet and, and pays cash for it. I, I'd love to get behind the mindset of someone like that. Like, what do you, what do you think you can think like? You know, what because, you know, I feel like there's a lot of barriers in my life. I'd love to get someone like that. Him, Dan Pena, some of those guys, these empowered business guys, which is, you know, I'm, I'm a business guy. So in that part of my life is, and, and understand how they think and how they make Yeah, right. Like, let me just get in your head for yeah. a second, man. Write some yeah. stuff down. Yeah. Yeah, I think I want to go with, with something like that, but I drive, my drive comes from, I'm a super like emotional driven person. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what personality type that goes into or all that right. stuff behind that, but I, I'm big on emotion. And I think I read a uh, search Search for a Man's Meaning, I think is the name of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about like Holocaust survivors. But I probably want to like talk to somebody that experienced some like really crazy, terrible shit like that and like made it out. Um, it just talks about in the book, it's like the this, this, this central character, the one that wrote the book, he survived it. And how like, it's, a, it's the toughest test of the mind and like ever. Yeah. So try to convince yourself to wake up. Can you imagine like trying to like get up and like be like, okay, I'm gonna go work and with some frostbitten toes and like getting whipped and like like how do you do that? Because we, like, we don't have a clue. Yeah, yeah we no. Have clue. It was so privileged, and I always wanted to convince myself I'm like a fighter. Like, I, oh, I'm like, I, you know, I'm I'm so tough. You know, like, oh, like you know, I never get down on myself. But 
I have to read that book is this incredible one. What's the name of it? Uh, search for I think it's Search for a Man's Meaning. Search for a Man's Meaning. Okay, I got to look it up. Oh, dude, it's so I love good. Those stories too. And yeah, and it goes into like the psychology and stuff at the end, which is you know like kind of nerdy, but it's kind of cool. But yeah, it's, I think somebody like that, somebody who'd been who's been through just like the crazy shit and like has the courage to get through it, how they you know crafted their mindset to be like okay because i mean it's like we talk about endlessly throughout our conversation it's just like mindsets everything and that'd be really cool for me you I know gotta look it up that it sounds so well obviously this isn't about holocaust or surviving anything like that but have you ever read any of dr jordan peterson's work mm-hmm. uh, so he's a book a book called maps of meaning and it basically goes into the psychology of the meaning of what humanity means or what it you know how how we can perceive it and what does life mean it's really interesting it's you're talking about a guy who uses big words it's over my head a lot but like it's it's uh his work just really makes me think he has that one then 12 rules for life or something like that and i think those are two two books that probably made me think more about humanity and the way i perceive perceive life than anything i've ever read but that the one you stated looks real Sounds great, too. We'll have to share links. We'll switch. Hey, man, I'll send you some. Um, Dude, hey, man, this has been... I just want to say, I want to acknowledge you for... Dude, I I think I'm probably... I can't even count on my one hand how many people have been as completely transparent as you've been. Oh, thanks. And and, and that's my favorite person to, to interview and to talk to, and so... Uh, I think you're doing huge things. You're, you're giving people a voice. You're, you're giving people meaning. You're giving people a platform by you know, by affinity and by giving them the stage, you're literally taking your time and saying, here's the stage, go show us what you got. And, and you know, what better way to yeah. support someone? So well, thanks, man. kudos to you, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate you having me here. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so anyone that wants to find out more about affinity, you sell shirts, hoodies, cool stuff, which by the way, I still need to get now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, um, yeah. but yeah, how do they find you? How can they uh, follow you, support you? Oh yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, Affinity Nash. So it's A F F I N I T Y, and then N A S H on Instagram. Instagram. Uh, and then the website's on there. Uh, I'm pretty sure everyone uses Instagram now. But yeah. uh, if you need to know the website, it'd be affinityentertainmentmanagement.com. Okay. So yeah, that has all our stuff on it. All of our upcoming events. We'd love for anybody to come and check them out. And how can they find you? Oh, me. I'm uh, Matthew and music. So it's just okay. my name, Matthew, and then A&D, music. So that, that'll have all my personal uh, songs and life on it. <laughs> Perfect. Guys, I think you should go follow this dude. Um, you're making big waves in Nashville. It's an uh, I mean, absolute honor for me to have you here. So we do it I appreciate together, you being right? here. Amen. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning in to The Ultimate Shift. Look, I know life is crazy. Life gets busy. And we all kind of have an idea of where we want to go and where we want to end up. But there's so many things that come up in between. And my goal with this show is to grab one thing from every guest that we can apply to our lives that help get us closer to our end goal. You can follow me on Instagram at Ephraim Glick, Facebook at Ephraim Glick, Twitter at Glick Ephraim, or you can go to the website at Ephraim Glick. See you next time.